This is Tennessee Talks with United States Congressman Tim Burchett. Hello, I'm Congressman Tim Burchett, and welcome back to another episode of Tennessee Talks. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by my good friend, Patricia Bible. Patricia owns K. Tom Restaurant Supply right here in East Tennessee. And since being founded in 1987, K. Tom has grown to more than 200 employees and has won a slew of awards. And we'll talk about some of those a little later. K. Tom is now one of the largest, largest, that's pretty cool. Largest restaurant equipment suppliers with over 130,000 items in their inventory. And Patricia, I want to thank you for joining me t today. Um, My pleasure. We'll get right into some questions if that's okay. Perfect. Okay, before we talk about how K-Tom started, uh, can you tell our listeners uh, about K-Tom and what it is you do? Happy to. Number one, K-Tom. What is that? K-Tom Restaurant Supply. Named for my children, Charles Thomas and Paula Catherine. The K-A is her middle name. First part of the name, capital T for equality between she and her brother, Charles Thomas. So that's how we began K-Tom. We started out of the garage of our home in Morristown, Tennessee. Now you started out in a garage? In, in the, the garage. Out of the garage. In wow. the garage. And seriously, there were cars all around us, grease, messes, all that stuff. And our first partner, manufacturing partner, was Rubbermaid. And we have taken that from that one manufacturing partner to now hundreds and hundreds. I expect that was a little difficult to get in with them and get that started. It was very difficult. In fact, uh, the hardest that we did, and I'm glad that was number one. That's a big one to get. That's it was. A, we were happy. A, home run first time up at bat that's pretty cool uh, what what was the hardest part about starting from the ground up uh, let's see raising children at the same time being poor I mean not <laughs> horrifically so but wondering yeah. where you were going to get the money to pay the house payment plus the inventory that you were bringing in and how could you keep expanding it and where did you find those customers because it was all new to us all right what was the idea behind it who came up with the ideas hey let's get into kitchen supplies well actually we owned Western Sizzling Steakhouses prior or two getting oh into gosh. this. So I, I am. I've got. I want to show you this. I did not, this better is, be a one-pound baked potato with butter and well, sour let cream. Let me show you. I have a menu from a from a Sizzler, and that's my line. I always talk about the Sizzler. Oh. And look at this. The Sizzler number one, a dollar fifty. That's what we get. And, and I, I am a Western Sizzling fan. Can I have that just a second? I, I will. I'll send that to you. Actually. Well, but, I want to show this. See that poor decrepitated cow right there. Yeah. I still have Tim's ring that has that cow on there it. There it says moo on it. Is that right? Moo. I'm so oh serious. Oh, I got a great story about the Sizzler. <laughs> my daddy, when we were, yeah, mom and daddy were career educators. Daddy was a dean at UT and mama was a school teacher and they didn't have a lot. And we would go to the Sizzler um, occasionally to celebrate or, and one Sunday after church, I remember we walked in there. And I was like, wow, Daddy, this is kind of expensive. I was a little boy, and Daddy opened up his wallet and had a $20 bill in there and winked at me. I thought, we well, got all the money in the world. And I want to tell you, my mama, being the Depression-era person she was, she figured out, she said, we would go in there, and and, and, and they even, Johnny Majors, or somebody said it at Daddy's funeral. It was one of my dad's lines. He'd always say, that soup and salad bar, it's enough for anybody. And But that was kind of just our joke, Birchett joke. But we would go in there, and Mama figured out 
if you get the salad bar, how much it costs, but if you got a hamburger and a side salad, it was cheaper than getting the whole salad bar together. So we'd always get the hamburger and the side salad, and you could get unlimited on the side salad. So I'm telling you. It's people says, like you that mess up food costs. Uh, they do. They do. <laughs> like my mama and her little calculator. But the, the Chairman McCall, who's chairman of uh, Foreign Affairs, he gets such a kick because I'd always say, we got to get out of here early, Mr. Chairman. He said, what's that, Tim? I said, because some of these older guys got to get to the early bird special at the Sizzler. And he laughed, and he comes up to me all the time and says, you been to the Sizzler lately? And I, well, anyway, I did not know that. I like, yes, we own several Western Sizzling Steakhouses. Oh, that, oh. Tim built Western Sizzlings all over the country. Oh, so gosh. the only thing that kept us from hitting our goals, because Tim would do a contract, I'll have your store open in 90 days from the wow. day you give me the dirt until I give you back the key. And if we did that, he got a really nice bonus for yeah. making that happen. He did it every Western Sizzling that we built, and we built over 20 except for one, Newport, Tennessee, and it was in the dead of winter, freezing cold, mm. snow, 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 snow that winter. So it's the only time we missed, but that the only thing, there you go, you got it. The only thing that kept us from getting gold, but we always did it, was that equipment. So he would get on the phone because our supplier would say, can't do anything for you, Tim, can't do anything for you, Tim. He said, can I have their phone numbers? So he would call the the CEOs, middle of the night, right. uh, early in the morning, whatever it took, we never, ever missed a deadline because of equipment. And during all that time, he built these fabulous relationships that oh, when absolutely. we came home, all of our friends that, if you know anything about Marstown, had more Western Sizzling franchisees than anywhere in the country, and all those friends wanted to buy equipment and supplies. Absolutely. So where'd they go? They yeah. came to Tim. And right. so that's how we started. We didn't mean to start this for the first two years we did it as a gratuitous favor to our friends right. not because we wanted to make money and then we worked so hard and we're doing it for so long we were like Turned let's make a business. a business out of this well, yeah. and so here we are 500 million dollars almost later well tell me about bnb equipment i know that's your sister company tell well me what they actually are. it's no longer a viable entity bnb was the very first that was for Bible and Bible, oh. Tim and Patricia. But then as we grew, right. we transitioned into K-Tom Restaurant Supply. Okay, all right. Um, how much things have things changed uh, uh, since 2001? Oh my goodness. Moved to the internet. 2001. Wow. What a year. That was a year of triumphs and tragedy, Tim. Uh, my Tim passed away right. November 1, 2001. And he had five big projects on the table. Mm -hmm. And so I took it under, I took it as a an oath almost that I wanted to complete everything that he started. Well, the biggest thing, which I knew the least about, was this thing called ktom.com. That was back in the day, that was not e-commerce, that was internet. Right. So everybody said, you'll never sell a spoon, a fork, let alone a refrigerator online, Tim. But he was determined. But at his passing, Saw the future of it. he did. But at his passing, we were not live. 30 days to the date. We went live with ktom.com. And now here we are all these years later. Man. Well, 22, you know, by the way. When the interweb came out, I remembered um, 
I remember one time at the at a UT ball game, Bobby Denton was announcing something, and he and he went through this long email address, and everybody's like, and he goes, dot com at the end. <laughs> And everybody laughed. And everybody laughed. And, and, I, and everybody was asking. People were like, "What was that again?" And they didn't. You know, it was just. You know, it was so new. But anyway, now it's. You know, now my, it's ordinary. Now I got Love a sixteen-year-old daughter that just grabs my phone and rolls her eyes when I ask about something. And she pulls it up. There it is, Dad. Yeah. All right. My baby. grandson does that to me. <laughs> they just they, they they come out of the womb knowing how to use that stuff. Yes, they're, they do. Incredible. Technology okay. is wonderful. Let's talk about some um, some of your successes. I mean, about some of the awards. The Knoxville Chamber of Commerce Pinnacle Awards for Woman-Owned Business Excellence and Large Business Excellence. Tell me about some of the other awards that you've received and how it, how's that feel being a woman in the business? You know, I'm surrounded by strong women. My mama was a strong lady and my sister's hard-headed. Um, my mama flew an airplane during the Second World War and she'd lost her brother fighting the Nazis and Aww. she always just did her thing and her and daddy were a we're quite a team. They were together for 60 years, um, but um, and my wife is very strong-willed, wonderful woman. And my little girl, 16 years old, she is she is right in that same category. So I'm I'm used. It doesn't it doesn't intimidate me. It doesn't it doesn't scare me. I'm just I'm just glad y'all are in the fight. So tell me tell me about some of the challenges. You know, as, as a lady owning a business it's just seems you know now it's 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 commonplace but you know even just a few years ago it really was it really wasn't it was really very scary when I walked into the banker's office and I'll never forget the day he said Patricia you've outgrown me I went home and cried Tim because I thought how do you outgrow a bank <laughs> and it was when we moved to this building uh, yeah, and I was like well, what what I don't know what to do but there was always I could always feel Tim's hand in the middle of my back pushing me forward there was always an answer, and he taught me that, that no matter how big the problem, there's always a solution. It doesn't matter if you're man, woman, child. doesn't matter. We can do what we put our mind to do, and that's how I've done this. And there's been tons and tons of challenges. Yes, I, I am part of an all-man's industry up until the last few years yeah. and it was kind of tough for them to get used to an emboldened loudmouth blonde but they've come around and they all love me well that's that's true if they want to they want to stay employed and that leads me to the next thing um you've got a lot of people that work for you work with you i guess i should say uh, that's got to be a cool feeling that these folks you know you come in and you see how many people work here 250. Now, let me just expound on that just a tad bit. When you say that, I drive into K-Tom every morning, and as you saw, there's a big circle out there where the parking lot is. Yep. As I circle that lot, I look at all the cars, and sometimes it just absolutely chokes me up because I think, I am responsible I for every that. car that's parked in this parking lot. And we tallied this up two years ago. And for every person that works here, it equates to almost four people that depend on them for their livelihood. Sure. Whether it's their children, they're raising their grandchildren, they're living in a family with blended aunts, uncles, etc., etc. So it's our job to take care of over a thousand individuals through wow. the 250 that work here. I take that very serious. I, I, you know, when I was county mayor, I used to do that too in the parking garage, mainly because I was looking for a parking spot because the first thing I did was <laughs> take away my reserved parking spot because I didn't think it was right. 
do that, but I, I would have that same feeling. Yeah. Because those folks are, yeah. you know, and, and, it's you, important. and you have to deliver. Yes, yes and get up in the morning, work your hardest. In fact, there's a sign over here behind me, and it says, Patricia, you're better than this. And to me, every morning when I walk in this room, I tell myself, Patricia, you can be better today than you were yesterday. Not always do I succeed at that, Tim, but yes, it darn sure is my my motto. Well, good. I like that. Well, what do you, what do you think is the future of okay, Tom? Oh, well, my desire is to get it to a billion dollars. So we're halfway there at the end of this year. Right. We've worked hard, and it's not an I, it is a we. Sure. I am surrounded by an amazing team, family members, even my sister works here, and my brother, both my children, but lots of other people that I truly adore, and they are family, the K-Tom sure. family. Sure. So that's the future, is how do we grow? grow together as a team at KTOM? How do we take care of each other better? How do we hit the metrics and how do we make a difference in our industry in the most positive way? Because our drive is destination excellence. I tell the team regularly, we meet all the time. Are you ever going to get there? No, because when we think we're almost to destination excellence, we're yep. going to raise the bar yep. and be a little bit better tomorrow than we are you today. You got to set those ideals. That's right. As ideals, I, I, I love it. Attainable. Um, I, it, I, it's got to be tough though sometimes with family working. I always, um, you know, my dad. One of his, uh, I think my dad had one regret in life is that he didn't have a family business because he thought that that would be. Uh, Something that would would uh, would be just it's the American dream. You know, uh -huh. I mean, he did a great job at the university, and Mama did a great job teaching school and raising us. But um, well, raising my brother and sister. <laughs> I think she did pretty good with me, you, but, uh, Being the baby boy, but this is a part of the show that I hate the most, and our my guests love 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 the most. It's you get to ask me anything. Anything you want. Oh, I get to drill you? Just one question. I like that. Wait a minute, I've got about 10. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to tell you what I want to know. Um, we send representation from all over the country to D.C. And as of late, it's a lot of bickering. It's a lot of grinding. It's a lot of not getting basic things done, not taking care of the American people. I know that right now there are lots of things coming up that really impact our industry that I'd love to see resolution on from a business perspective not from a fundamental me against you perspective, but what works for the most of us from standpoint sure. of business. How do we get past this? It's almost a um, <clears throat> political Hollywood, so to speak. How yeah. do we get past that and get back to working together, putting our hands out, reaching across the aisle and making a difference? I, I think part of that is, is that I don't know that we've ever really work together it's just now it's just more um, more evident um, you know back in the old days they'd have duels in the streets <laughs> over stuff and we although we yeah. probably wished we could end it that quick up there but it doesn't um, a lot of it is, is is of course the media I always tell they're selling memberships you know I, I passed a bill um, 
not too long ago with a guy named Hakeem Jeffries, and he is the Democrat, leading Democrat, ranking Democrat. It was a prison to proprietorship. You know, if you hire somebody, you know, you fill out the form yes. that says, are you convicted of a felon? If they say no and are convicted of a felon, they can go back to jail. If they say yes, you might not hire them. So it would, it would provide them some, um, uh, some mentorship for folks that are out because, as you well know, 95% of the people that are in prison uh, that get out will uh, will darken the doors probably again. Yes. I believe it's the number. It's pretty high. And um, and so, you know, we passed, and that's my example, we passed that legislation. You never really heard anything about it. You'd think somebody as conservative as I am and as left-wing as, as my buddy Hakeem is got together on a piece of legislation. You'd think you'd hear about it. And I submit to you, the media does not want feel-good stories. It doesn't sell papers. It doesn't give you clickbait. Hey, great story. No, nobody's going to do that. But if, you get, if you're trashing somebody or getting trashed or in trouble, it's going to do that. And so it's really just marketing. It's the marketing of the media, I feel like. And, and we put those stories out, but they choose when and when not to, to, to cover those. And that's unfortunate. So um, there's a lot of things working against us. I think part of the problem, too, is is this newest generation of elected officials that's coming from our public colleges and universities. I can't say anything about the private institutions because don't, we don't have anything to do with that. But our public colleges and uni universities, uh, a lot of the kids are, are, I mean, like my friend AOC, and she is my friend, but she's openly a Marxist. And she was educated at a public university with a degree in um, um, economics, I believe. And to think that you know they're promoting that line of work, and there's a, and there's also a, um, a feeling of um, uh, uh, animosity towards people that are successful like yourself. You know, they they want you to apologize for being a capitalist, and you just said it. I mean, you got. You got how many people are that you're responsible for? I mean, just the the people that work for you and the and the families. So I think it's a we've we've missed the boat on a lot of things. I think we need to start educating folks that. And I've said this many times. Outside of Christianity, I don't think anything's helped more people than capitalism. Mm -hmm. um, I agree with you, Tim. Because that allows you home ownership, pride. Um, you provide for your and there's nothing more that makes me feel better than being able to provide for my, my family. And um, I, I think we've, it's, it's a long answer, I, I apologize, but, and we'll probably edit most of it out. But, but the truth is, is that we do a poor job of promoting ourselves on the good things we're doing and the, the times that we do get along. And I think it, it just sells more for the negativity. But I've, you know, I, I've got more friends, I've got as many friends across the aisle. I mean, I, I fixed Steve Cohen's Cadillac, for instance. I fixed his Cadillac one day and Steve is, uh, He's a friend of mine from the state senate. We raised the speed limit together uh, when I, he was in the state senate and I was in the state house. And I fixed his Cadillac one day. And um, I mean, you'd have thought I'd, I'd uh, set the world on fire or something. People are, I can't believe you fixed his Cadillac. And I'm like, what, why not? What the heck? Why We're not? We're humans. Yeah. We're humans. Help. Yeah. And, I, and I'm friends, you know, and I remember one time, oh, I probably shouldn't say this, but it doesn't matter. But Maxine, uh, Maxine Waters walked by me and she gave me a high five. And then Pelosi walked by and gave me a high five. It was right before Thanksgiving uh, last year, I think. And I yelled at him. I said, hey, if this gets on C-SPAN, it's going to hurt you all and me. And they all laughed. <laughs> <laughs> they said something we'll cuss you if you need us to. But, but I'm, I, you know, I'm friends with all of them. And I don't, I don't really have any, um, I maybe have a couple enemies, but not any real enemies. 
and uh, um, I always tell people I'm conservative, just not angry about it. But we need to do a better job of that. I agree with you. So. Yeah, I would love to see that. Maybe there's something that we can do through social media that would be a big blast out for you and others. I but think so. I'll tell you what, next time I get one of those bills uh, that we're working across the aisle, I'll holler at you and Please. let you know that we're doing it. But, I'd love it. But Patricia, I want to thank you so much. This has been great talking about your business and the sizzler. It makes me feel good. Um, there's still one sizzling steakhouse left, I understand, somewhere down in Athens. It's out, right in Athens, Tennessee. Yeah, in fact, my husband and I surprised his sister as a gag gift and drove her there for her 50th <laughs> birthday to have lunch. Do they have the good French dressing on the salad bar? Of course they, they do, but really? they've still got that one pound baked potato too, which oh, is my weakness. Yeah, yeah mine too. <laughs> Golly. Well, thank you. you hey, built, Tim, pleasure. Ma'am, you built Glad something Glad you've been at K-Tom with yes, us today. Can, now, you go back and keep doing great work for all of us. I will, and thank you so much, and I thank you for being on another episode of Tennessee Talks. Um, they just get better and better, folks, and this one set the mark for the next one. So I don't know who I'm going to get the next one. I don't know what I'll do. Um, but anyway, I'm Congressman Tim Burch. I want to thank everybody for joining us and listening to this episode of Tennessee Talks. And as always, thank y'all for sending me here. And I'm Patricia Bible, a big supporter of Tim Burchett. <laughs> Love you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tennessee Talks. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Keep up with Congressman Burchett by following Rep. Tim Burchett on Twitter and Instagram and Congressman Tim Burchett on Facebook and YouTube.